Hi, I'm Jeff Hampton, and welcome to the Legacy Builders Podcast. I have helped hundreds of investors protect their assets and maximize cash flow in order to help them create a path to generational wealth. Too often, hardworking high performers find that the structure of their investments not only cause liability, but also create tax issues. And it is my job as a lawyer to ensure that it is never the case. Each week, I will provide the tools, the tips, and the strategies to create maximum wealth in real estate and other investments, as well as interview some of the most successful people that have created their own path to legacy wealth. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Legacy Builders Podcast. I'm Jeff Hampton, and I'm your host today. And today, I want to walk right into our subject that we're going to discuss, which is insurance. Now, everyone knows a little bit about insurance, but there's a very good chance you may have insurance all wrong. So many people are underinsured. They think they have the right insurance that's necessary for them, and then they end up finding out they actually don't have anywhere near the coverage that they need based on whether it's personal or business activity. So I want to keep this very fast-paced. I certainly don't want to keep you bored, but when we start talking about building a legacy, part of Building that legacy is protecting the legacy, and you have to do everything you can to make good use of insurance and asset protection. So I'll tell you right out of the gate, generally speaking, good asset protection pushes lawyers to good insurance. So we're going to dive into asset protection on another episode, but I do want you to understand they work hand in hand. One does not replace the other. You really need to have a layered protection strategy. Insurance is a big piece of that. So one of the things we look at is you always need insurance. And I think this is obvious. And you always need more insurance than you think you do. Okay. So one of the first things we're going to have to do is make a distinction. Is it personal insurance that you need or is it commercial insurance? And I will tell you, I, I see more people confused on this issue probably more than anything as it relates to this because they are running a business, even though they may not call it a business, they're running commercial or business activity and they want to use a personal insurance policy, like whether it's a residential policy, whether it's a, you know, maybe they want to use any type of personal umbrella policy to cover a commercial activity. And we're going to dive into that a little bit more here in a minute too. But I, I got to remind you of this. This is really important that, and the, in fact, the statistics are out there. The insurance agency speaks about, and I, I spend a lot of time with short-term rental owners. I think it's close to about 72% of short-term rental Airbnb owners have the wrong type of insurance policy. They have a second home residential policy that they believe is covering them if someone is injured during a an Airbnb stay. And the reality of it is it doesn't cover them at all. So you have got to start your inquiry by looking at it and saying, am I looking at a personal policy or am I looking at a commercial policy? What am I looking to insure? So one of the things we want to ask is, are you running a business? Right. If you're if you're making money on it, I can tell you right now the insurance industry or the insurance as well as the court is going to see it as business or commercial activity. So when you start looking at personal policies, and this is a really big problem when I see short-term rental owners with uh, residential second home residential insurance policies, is personal policies always exclude business and commercial activity. In fact, they're written that way. They are underwritten. The underwriters, when they put this together and they approve it, they always exclude certain business and commercial activity from a personal policy. And that's why if you have a if you have your homeowner's insurance, it does not include any business you might run out of your home. 
It does not include anybody that might come and stay at your property. Let's say that you're going to come and stay, they're going to stay there and they're going to pay you for that. Some type of short-term rental or whatever example that we might use here. Unless they're friends coming over and there's no commercial exchange taking place, you're not receiving any coverage in that situation. So this is once again, one of the biggest mistakes that I see. And maybe you're running a a business out of your home. Maybe you're running a short-term rental um, out of out of one of your properties that you have. And you say, how do I know for sure? Well, here's what you do. Go to page usually between 60 to 80 of your policy. Really important. If you go there, you're going to see a section labeled exclusions. If you are running a short-term rental, and I use this as an example because I have a lot of clients who are involved in the short-term rental space in terms of making, uh, that's how they build their wealth. I can tell you right now, you're going to see a section in there that talks about business or commercial exclusions. And if you see that, you are not covered if someone is injured on your property as a result of you renting out your property. It's just that you're not covered. Okay. So it's really important to recognize that. Never skimp on insurance when you're trying to run a business. Just pay for it. Get commercial coverage if you're running a business. You only need personal coverage if you're just insuring your home or insuring your own. Let's say you actually go buy a lake house, but you're not renting it out. Maybe you want that for you and your family. And if you're going to do that, that's fine. You can get a second home policy for that. But if you are making money on any of your assets, you need commercial insurance. So by the way, what if you don't actually own property though? What if you're running a service business? What if I have a lot of folks who do property management that we work with? I have people who do co-hosting. And many times what you need as a, on a basic level, you need to also have an errors and omissions policy. And you're getting a specific specific commercial policy that you're going to be, you're going to talk to a commercial insurance broker that's going to actually know these points and be able to help, uh, to be able to help you and point you in the right direction for what you need. So look, I want to make these distinctions because it's critical whenever you're looking at uh, starting a business or continuing to grow your business. That's part of building generational wealth here. So now that's the distinction, personal or commercial. That's the first question you're going to ask. The second, let's talk for a few moments about rental properties and insurance. You know, I've got some clients that, uh, a lot of clients who run long-term rentals and and look, a long-term rental, you know what you need? You need a landlord policy. Very common, very easy to receive one of those and get one of those when you go out and you look. Um, And most people know that. I don't run into a big misunderstanding with most investors when they run a long-term rental. They know they need a landlord policy. But with short-term rentals, uh, when I deal with short-term rental owners, there is so much misconceptions on this. They do not understand, most do not understand that a commercial insurance policy is critical, non-negotiable. Now, I'm going to tell you, you you know the number one reason why people don't like it? It's expensive. And many times it's at least twice, sometimes three times the cost. And, but I also tell people, and so they don't like it. So they'll say, well, I'm not going to get it. And I'll say, okay, well, do you, do you want to, you know, when you put money towards something, do you want it to actually help you? Because right now, when you're paying for a residential policy for a short-term rental investment, you're wasting your money. I mean, it's just might as well take the money and throw it into the wind because if something bad happens, you are not covered at all. And what I mean by that is if someone gets injured, what if someone burns down your house as a result of staying at your house? You're not covered on that either because it was a commercial activity. And same thing if something happens to your home and you're not able to make profits on it. You have no income loss of income coverage, no commercial protection at all in that situation. So now I'm, I'm going to tell you that it's critical. Let me also now break it, break it up for you and talk about three main components that you need. If you are running a short-term rental, you need to have these three things critical. Number one is premises liability 
of at least a million dollars in coverage. I see a lot of insurance companies, even if you get a commercial policy, many times they won't give you that high of a premises liability protection. Look, if you ask for it, many times you'll be able to easily get it, and it only increases your premium very small amount. I mean, it's not a substantial increase at all. But if someone's injured, what if you, especially if you have high-risk amenities, what kind of property do you have? Maybe you've got canoes or kayaks or, I, look, I'm telling you right now, if you have a golf cart, that's probably one of the most risky things. I can tell you a story about that on one of our future episodes. One of the worst things you could possibly do is have a golf cart on your property because of the risk associated with it. But I, you know, there are many high-risk amenities, hot tubs, pools, you name it. Those sort of things you must have commercial coverage for, um, and you must very specifically have at least a, mi- a million. I prefer two million in premises liability protection in the event someone is injured. The next thing you need, number two, is you need an all-risk dwelling coverage policy where here you want to make sure the biggest concern you're, you're going to run into is sometimes there's a gap in the coverage. So I see a lot of people, they'll maybe they've owned their short-term rental for four or five years, and they had it insured at an amount that was much less uh, maybe the property what they purchased was at 500000 and now the property's worth a million dollars. I mean, look, we've seen a, an increase in inflation. Just the building costs have gone up exponentially in the last three or four years. So it's really important that there's not a gap between what it would take to rebuild the property and what you currently have it insured for. That's a big area I see as a, as a risk there that people don't always consider. Then number three is loss of income. You are going to know you have a true commercial insurance policy if when you go to your broker or you go to your insurance company, you say, look, can I get a loss of income? Can I get loss of income as part of my policy? And what is loss of income? Loss of income is if something bad happens as a result of a stay or some issue arises where you're now no longer to be able to place that property out into the marketplace and be able to operate it as a business. Maybe there's a two or three week or two or three month uh rehabilitation time now, or you got to go in and rehab the kitchen, or you got to go in and fix something, whatever it is, you can now at least cover those carry costs. So you're not left hanging out there, um, unable to make your basic expenses. So loss of income is critical uh, to include. So we've talked about landlord policy or a landlord policy for long-term rentals. We've talked about short-term rentals and the three primary uh, areas of coverage you need to have. And then I'm going to talk for just a moment about accessory dwelling units. People will come to me about ADUs and they'll say, Hey Jeff, what if, what if I'm renting out my basement or what if I'm renting out my primary home and I've got a very small, like one or two bedroom studio out in the back and I'm living there, what can I do now? Well, I, most people that I see do this, they end up just getting their homeowner's policy and they don't modify it at all. And can I tell you, your homeowner's policy will absolutely not cover you if you start to rent out your property to on Airbnb or VRBO and someone is injured or something terrible happens and you end up having some damage and destruction to your property. You're not going to be covered because it is once again commercial activity. So what you're going to have to do is you must add commercial uh, coverage to your premises liability, either through your primary homeowner's insurance provider, or you need to do it on a separate policy. You can do what we call mixed-use policies, where you can get some commercial coverage for something, even though you may also have a homeowner's policy. This is really critical, very important to do. Okay, And look, never count on your homeowner's policy. Never. If you're doing any type of commercial business activity out of your house, you are not covered on your homeowner's policy. I can guarantee you that right now because the policies are written 
Um, exactly the opposite. The underwriters were not interested in it at all. That's why homeowners policies are cheaper. Personal policies are always cheaper than a commercial policy. So, all right. Now, I want to talk about umbrella uh, umbrella policies. And this is kind of where we will uh, cap things off when we talk about this subject of insurance. And I don't want these episodes to be too long. I've given you a lot of information in a short period of time. So I want to make sure that I give it to you and uh, be respectful of your time as we go through this. But this is an area that I think is really important that is a lot of misunderstandings on is when it comes to umbrella insurance policies. First of all, let's talk about a personal umbrella policy. What is a personal umbrella? This is what I call, it helps protect you from what I call a top-down attack. In other words, if I were to have a, a diagram up here or a visual for you to take a look at, maybe you would be at the top right? And maybe you have some rental properties down here at the bottom, or you have a business down here at the bottom. Well, a personal umbrella policy does not protect your business activity, your rental properties, anything you're making money on. A personal umbrella policy is protecting you from being sued personally for your negligence or for personal assets. And one of the best examples of this is let's say you get in a car accident. Maybe you get in a car accident and you're the you're at fault. Maybe someone is now paralyzed or someone dies as a, re a result of that car accident. And maybe you only have a policy limit. Maybe your policy limits are, you know, $100,000. And can I stop right there and say this? You need to go check your car your car insurance policy. It's amazing to me the number of people that have I mean, literally, I think it's in Texas. I mean, you, you don't even have to have more than about $50,000 of insurance coverage for just your, your basic vehicle. Now, if you're at fault and it's above that, your insurance company's not going to cover anything else. Guess what's going to happen? Someone's going to sue you personally for being negligent. And if you have any assets, if you've been building your assets and, and creating some wealth for yourself, can I tell you right now that is absolutely at risk. A personal injury lawyer will go after it and you could end up having a lien. You could have a judgment placed against certain assets, particularly rental properties and non-exempt assets. Okay. So what, what I mean by that is raise that up. Your personal injury protection portion of your car accident policy, I mean, your car insurance policy, make sure you go in there and elevate that. I mean, I mean, I got mine up to like, I think it's like 2 million, 3 million, as high as I could get it up there. Because the reality of it is that's where you're very much at risk. If you're driving a vehicle every day, the odds of a car accident happening at some point, and it may be your fault, you need to make sure and cover yourself. So after you've done that, the, the uh, actual umbrella policy, the personal umbrella policy covers you above that. So remember what an umbrella policy does. It only kicks in if you're underlying insurance policy is exhausted. Okay. So if your primary policy is exhausted, the umbrella kicks in. You know, generally speaking, though, it's cheaper to just raise the limits on your underlying policy than it is to just go get an umbrella. I'm not against umbrellas. You can get a pretty cheap $5 million personal umbrella policy, but it does not cover anything related to commercial activity. Okay. It does not cover that at all. So it's really, it's really critical to realize and, and understand if you have a personal umbrella policy right now, and you think it's covering your rental properties, or you think it's covering your business activity because you own a business and you're an entrepreneur, that is not the case at all. It is not covering that at all. It's covering you from somebody getting hurt at your house because they visited you. It's covering you from a car accident situation or some personal negligence that maybe you did that caused damages to someone. Okay. Whereas a commercial 
insurance policy, here's the key. If you want to get a commercial umbrella, and we're going to introduce this concept when we talk about LLCs and asset protection uh, on a future episode, but many times you can't even get a commercial umbrella policy unless you have an LLC. Because now you've got your, your either your business or your properties or your assets into an LLC, you can now specifically receive not only commercial insurance, but a commercial umbrella policy that would kick in. Now, look, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to stop right there because I've given you a ton of information. But why does this matter? Because look, number one, the very first place for you to start, go look at your insurance policy. If you've got a business, you need to separate your personal insurance from your business activities and make sure you have good commercial insurance coverage for either rental properties, your business, if you're an entrepreneur, whatever that is, get your insurance in order. If you're going to be a legacy builder, not only do you want to build that wealth, you've got to make sure and protect it. And insurance is key. Okay. I want to thank you for joining us today on Legacy Builders. We'll see you on our next episode. See you next time.